So this is a special day for us for several reasons. On the first Sunday of every month, we gather at the Lord's table, and we will do that at the end of our service. Uh, and I will just say this to you, and I'll probably repeat myself because I'm of the age where I repeat myself, um, that this is the Lord's table. It's not our church's table. And if you belong to the Lord, then you belong at the table. So we'll gather in small and groups and, uh, and allow for us to share what the Lord has done for us in remembrance of him. We'll, we'll do that today. So this morning we have our very dear friends, Robert and Sue Grant with us. They've been with us here this weekend and it's just been wonderful. We actually got to have them a month ago when they were here for the weekend where we celebrated the Hero Awards that Boy With A Ball did, the inaugural awards, and Robert was one of the recipients. And uh, then we get to have them back another month later. Kathy Johnson said, it's almost like they live here. And it is, and that makes it fun for us to have more regular fellowship with them. I just noted somebody put some uh, wobbly eyes up here on the podium. I don't know who did that, but googly eyes are on the podium, Robert, so if they look at you, uh, I didn't do that. I don't know who did that. No one's confessing right now, so... Um, there's one over here on this side, too. Anyway, I'm very distracted right now by these googly eyes. I hope not. <laughs> they start flashing when you're going over time. I don't know. But, yeah, that's fun. Um, you guys really went all out on the Christmas decorations this year. <laughs> uh, so, so Robert is a dear friend and mentor and pastor to me uh, for now. Uh, going on 35 years, and we met in 1988, and they have been so instrumental in me and Donna's life and our ministry, many times really helping us in the crises of life, in the times of restoration, and in the good times as well. And so we just feel like they're family. Uh, Sue is such a friend to Donna and to many of us here Robert is, uh, is just a tremendous leader that continues to have influence around the globe. And I, I won't go into all the illustrious details, but you know him, you love him. Would you welcome Robert Grant? Thanks, Chris. Delight to be with you on the second Sunday in Advent, and you can't see it. I was looking down there, it looked like there's only one candle lit, but there's actually two of them lit. Uh, and last Sunday, I believe, was uh, you designated as a Sunday celebrating hope. And uh, this Sunday, this one is lit, is uh, celebrating uh, the subject of repentance, which has already been referred to. In the Revised Standard Lectionary, which is used around the world for readings, daily readings. The book that is read during the month of December, going through Christmas till the end of the year, is Isaiah. And one might ask, why Isaiah? Why do we read the prophets during Advent when this is a celebratory season uh, it's something that we look forward to anticipating uh, the birth of Christ and celebrating the birth of Christ. And here in the middle of this, we're reading Isaiah. And there's lots of woes and warnings 
and promises of really bad things happening and captivity and whoa, whoa, whoa. Not ho, 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 but whoa, whoa, whoa. And I thought, what? This seems strange that we're reading the message of the prophets during the season of Advent. And I wanted to point out a, a couple of reasons, several reasons why. And in 1 Corinthians 10, it reads, beginning at verse 1, For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers, that our forefathers were all under the cloud, and they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. That rock was Christ. Down to verse 6. Now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. These things are recorded and they're written down as examples for us who live in our time. We bring the message over thousands of years into our present setting. Do not be adulterers, as some of them were, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in pagan revelry. We should not commit sexual immorality, as some of them did, and in one day 20,000 of them died. We should not test the Lord. Down to verse 11, these things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us. So you get it? That we, one of the reasons that we read the Old Testament prophet is to learn. To learn from their example so that we don't repeat what they did. And were written down as warnings for us on whom the fulfillment of the age has come. So if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Here's a picture. In the book of Judges, there are at least five cycles of God's people being fully devoted to the Lord, worshiping the Lord, being all his and walking in his ways. But they started being influenced by the surrounding cultures and nations. And then they became absorbed by the surrounding cultures and nations. And then they became captive of the surrounding cultures and nations. And in desperation, they called out on God God sends a redeemer, savior figure to rescue them. 
and to bring them back into that place of full devotion to the Lord. Now, at that time, in their exuberance, they would say something like, we will never leave you. We will never forsake you. Thank you, O Lord, for, for getting us back home. Oh, hallelujah, we will walk in your ways and we will never again drift and be influenced by culture and become saturated with culture and become captive of culture and have to call out for a Savior Redeemer who brings us back to the Lord our God. The scripture here says, be careful. If you think you stand firm, be on guard. Do you know that it is said that some 1,500 times a day, there are people and voices in our surrounding culture which are appealing for the use of your time, your talent, and your resources. As an example, I'm embarrassed to say, I have to purge at least 500 emails out of my mailboxes every day. 95% of them wanting me, luring me, seeking to influence me into buying things and using my time and my resources for things that I have no interest in. And I dare not go into some of the details about things they're promising me. And so I've got a little app that I can use that I, I just dump those things. And regrettably, every now and then I dump an email I didn't want to. But I'm so anxious to get that stuff cleared out. And what is it? Voices. Influence. Things that are coming after. I don't go looking for them. They come looking for me. Trying to influence how I live, how I spend my resources, how I use my, my, my gifts and my talents, and especially how I spend money, which is essentially how I spend my life. It's all around us. And we don't realize, unless there's a word, unless the Lord sends a proceeding word, Unless we're gathered in an assembly like this and we hear something and we say, man, I, I've, my compass has gotten a few degrees off. I need to come back. I need to get lined up. These things happen so we could read them during Advent, learn from them, and recognize that we too have a need to refocus to recalibrate and recenter our lives. And that's already been indicated in this meeting. Another reason for reading Isaiah in particular is there's no prophet in the Old Testament that is more frequently quoted for the messianic promises and predictions. And it is quite fascinating to look at what was prophesied 
500 years before the coming of Christ and how in infinite detail that was fulfilled in Jesus. It's an amazing and exciting journey which just undergirds and reinforces the integrity of Scripture, the plausibility of Scripture, the credibility of Scripture. And so we learn from their example. We also are informed by the prophetic declaration of the coming Messiah. And I'm going to give you uh, an example of that. These words are some words you can just taste. They're yummy. <laughs> I can taste these words as I read them. Listen. Here is my servant whom I uphold. My chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him. I will put my spirit on him. And he will bring justice to the nation. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. There's a huge temptation to take a little rabbit trail here from which I don't think I could return. Jesus did not find it necessary to create a marketing program for his ministry. <laughs> he didn't raise his voice and cry out in the streets to draw attention to himself. If anything, there were occasions when Jesus had this winsome way of just disappearing, walking right through a crowd. I love that about Jesus. And, and Chris, just about the time that I see other people that have got flashing lights and stuff going on and magazines and, uh, and all kinds of things, and I'm thinking, man, I'm not doing any of that. And I felt like the Lord saying, well, Jesus didn't either. You never know what little thing you're doing that the Father is pleased with. That may not look as glamorous as what somebody else is doing. Side trail. Sidebar. I was sharing a communion at a assisted living facility and a nursing facility and there was a, a few people there, maybe 15. And uh, I think everybody there at the time was older than I am. 
And this was an elderly group, retired generals and, and people. And I could, here I was gathered in this little assisted living room, not living room, assisted living facility. And here's this little group of elderly folks that had to get some help getting down to the little meeting room where we were. And I could look out the window and I could see the facilities of New Life Church with its 10,000 members. And I looked at that and I thought about all of the wonderful activities that's going on there. And I looked at myself in this, this little retirement facility, this little nursing facility, and sharing bread and sharing wine with this group of elderly folks. And I looked at that and I, would, I had a tendency to compare myself with all the greatness of what was going on in that facility. And here I was kind of tucked away in this quiet place. And I felt like I heard the voice of my heavenly father saying, this is what my son would have done. And I felt God's pleasure. Never despise the day of small beginnings. He will not cry out or raise his voice in the streets. Now listen, please. A bruised reed he will not break. And a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. A bruised reed it's like a bulrush. It's like a reed in the bulrushes that stands tall in the wind. But it's bent over and it's bruised. The passerby would say, that one's no good, get rid of it. But his servant, upon whom the spirit would rest, a bruised reed, he will not break. He won't snap it off and discard it. But he meets it where it is, O bruised reed, until it stands firm and tall again. Are you feeling like a bruised reed? You don't have to raise your hand. But I know in a gathering like this, there are people that are dealing with feeling like they're bent over and bruised. And wondering if you have any worth or value. A bruised reed, he will not break. And a smoking flax a smoldering wick he will not quench. When you come upon that lamp that has a wick that's all that's left is a trickle of smoke that's rising off of it. You know that there used to be fire there. There used to be a flame. But all that's left 
is the evidence of what used to be. And the promise is a smoldering wick he will not quench or snuff out. No oil, useless. Snuff that out. The promise was that his servant, a bruised reed, he will not break. And a smoldering wick, he will not snuff out. In faithfulness, he will bring forth justice. And he will not falter or be discouraged. We are preparing for the Lord's table, which we will have presented and set before us in just a few minutes. As we look into the readings of Isaiah, as we look at the Old Testament and those things being set forward for us as examples for us who live in the fulfillment of times. We learn, we're exhorted by what we read about those historical events and how we bring them forward into our time. We behold the great and precious promises. And now we have an opportunity for application, for applying it to our lives, and for amending our lives according to his purpose. Do we have a tendency to drift? Yes, we do. Are we subject to the influence of the culture around us? Yes, we are. And we therefore need to examine our lives, bring ourselves before God, and acknowledge, Lord, we have not loved you with our whole heart, and we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. And we come to you this day, we come to your table to amend our lives so that we don't drift and become absorbed and distant and walk away from you. We come to your table to receive the body and blood of Christ by faith in our hearts so that we are renewed in our commitment and our love and our devotion to him. That, my friends, is what repentance is. It's not repent. It's the invitation. Turn from these things that are vying for your attention and for your love and for your talents and your resources. Turn from those things to the living God and come 
Feed on him in your hearts by faith and be renewed and refocused on Jesus. That's the invitation for us today. It's why we read the Old Testament prophets. It's why we delight in the messianic promises that have been fulfilled. And why we today need to hear a bruised reed he will not break off and cast away. And a smoking flax he will not snuff out. But he will refuel and he will reignite and he will cause that fire to burn bright again. That is a very good place to say amen. Thank you. And if you're feeling like a bruised reed, for whatever reason, and some of you are, as I speak that, some of you have got tears that are welling up because something is going on in your life that has you bent over. Come to the table. Hurried forward to this table and receive the provision of the body and blood of Christ to strengthen you, to enable you to stand tall again. And if you feel like your fire has burned out and your fuel is low, come to his table and receive. Receive the bread. Receive the cup. And most importantly, receive Jesus that's in it all and be strengthened and stand tall and burn bright. In Jesus' name.